Well, greetings to everyone here this morning. It's a blessing to see more faces here. There's still not everyone, but it's a blessing to see more. And for those of you that are home, God bless you as well. What a blessing to hear the sound of singing. That was a blessing. Amen. And hear those good words read and appreciate it, that last chorus. There, Brendan, wherever you are, there you are. That was a good prayer. May I be poured out like wine, broken like bread to feed the hungry. Amen. Well, let's, uh, let's kneel together for prayer. Can we do that? <clears throat> You can turn in your Bibles to Psalms 17 for the meditation this morning. A little change of plans. Lee was supposed to be on, but we talked, and the four families that they get together with for Bible study up there had said that when Lee preaches, they all want to come. And we just didn't feel like this would be the morning for four visiting families to come, and and he felt that way too, and, and so he agreed to yet again be postponed. I'm not sure how often that has happened now, but at least once, if not twice. 
So uh, I'm taking his place this morning. And so I want to talk, what I want to talk about this morning in this meditation is, is the difference between praying and crying out to God. I believe the Bible makes a difference and just want to bring a short meditation on that this morning. So if you're in Psalms 17, we're going to skip through three different Psalms here and then we'll make some comments. In Psalm 17, verse 1, the Bible says, Hear the right, O Lord, Attend unto my cry, give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Then go to Psalm 61. Two verses here, one and two, Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And then Psalms 88. One through four. O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit, I am as a man that hath no strength. Well, it's obvious in these passages that there's two different types of praying here. And many other scriptures that we could have chosen. But I believe there's a good reason why there are... uh, these distinctions made here between praying and crying out. For one, you will remember that Jesus' disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. So praying needs, takes training. We need to be taught how to pray, taught how to intercede. But no one needs to be taught how to cry. That's natural from birth. And I believe the same principle is true here in this matter of coming before God, whether we are praying or whether we are crying out to God. There is a difference in the content of these prayers. A baby, a newborn baby does not need to be taught how to cry. It's just natural for a newborn baby to cry. And many times, maybe not always, but a sinner, when he comes to the Lord and he, and he feels his need for salvation, 
there's that heart cry. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he cries out from that need of the heart. It's the beginning response of a Christian is that, that crying. And it should continue on through our life when we are in straits and in desperate situations. There's a time to pray, I believe, and there's a time to cry out. And we clearly see these in these uh, three scriptures. David says, uh, Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Well, I guess the, the part that I want to bring out here in this last one is, is uh, the fact that this is, a, this is a deep, heartfelt need that he has. Like he says in verse 3, my soul is full of troubles. Life isn't always like that. There are seasons that we go through that we feel our troubles and our needs and our trials more than others, and that's the time to cry out. Story is given of a man who was a plumber, and as his method was, and as many are these days, they have this trailer or this truck with everything in it, all their tools, most of their supplies that they would need for a job, and so it's, for him, it was basically his life savings when he started his plumbing business. And so here he's, he's his truck, and he parks it at the front of a store to go in and get something, and someone comes and steals his truck. And there goes his life savings, everything that he about had, you know. This was desperate to him. So him and his friends got together because he had a need, a big need. And they cried out to God. And I think it was within three days, I believe it was, he got his truck back. Because he felt the need. David said, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice, Psalms 55, verse 7. Why is a cry so effective? I think all prayers are effective if we pray them by faith, but why is a cry so effective? Well, I think one reason that, that this cry type of prayer is effective, or a number of reasons here, is number one, it conquers pride. When we cry out to God, we have to humble ourselves, and God hears that prayer. Number two, it expresses helplessness. I am weak, like David said here. I am weak. I am like them that go, uh, I am as a man that hath no strength. God, my truck, my tools, my life saving, it's gone. I'm helpless. And a cry comes from the heart. Number three, it is a plea for mercy. I am unworthy. Lord, I know it's not because of how good I am to you that I deserve that truck back, Lord, but I need the truck back. 
I need your mercy. Lord, I need your mercy. It's a plea for mercy. I am unworthy. That's what makes a cry so effective. And number four, it is total surrender. I will do your will, Lord. Turn to Mark chapter 10 for an example of this. Why a cry is so effective. Turn to Mark chapter 10. We'll look at an example of why a cry is so effective. Or how effective a cry was here in Mark chapter 10. The account of blind Bartimaeus in verse 46. It's a beautiful account. Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. He was a beggar. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he not only was a beggar, but he was a blind beggar. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Just be quiet. Don't get so excited. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, he arise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. What a request. Sight. Sight. Hallelujah. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now, one could maybe argue a bit that, well, it was his faith that made him whole. But I believe it was his cry that got Jesus' attention. Amen? This account, this, this attitude you could see in the lady that pressed in in the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. It was the same attitude. It was a desperation. She had a need. She had spent all her living on physicians and wasn't made any the better. And here is her only hope is to cry out or to press in. It is important for us to realize this morning that Jesus did nothing to calm the storm until his disciples cried out. Not a second sooner. Pretty important. Are there things that hinder our cries? Yeah, there are a few things that God, we can cry out, but God says no. 
if we don't cry out with our whole heart, that's a hindrance. In contrast to David, who cried out with his whole heart, the people of Hosea's, Hosea's time did not cry out with their whole heart. It says, they have not cried unto me with their heart when they howled upon their beds. Something was wrong. Number two, without humility. When we cry out without humility, humility is the essential, is essential for crying out because God resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble. James 4, 6. God promises that he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Praise God. So our cry needs to be one of humility. We can cry otherwise. We can cry selfishly and not out of humility. And that's important. That will hinder our prayers being heard. Number three. What do you think about this one? If we don't cry with a loud voice, does it mean God is hard of hearing? No, it doesn't mean God is hard of hearing, but it's plain. All these words call, if you look them up, they mean with a loud voice. It means to shriek out. When a baby whimpers, the mother might glance over at it and go on her way, but when it screams, she lays down what she's doing and goes tends the baby. It's the same way with God. I mean, it's desperate. I need something, and I need it now. So that's part of it, to cry out with a loud voice. I believe that. And number four, not confessing and forsaking sin. That hinders our crying out. We know the verse well in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We can cry all day long and you won't hear us. Number five, not caring for the poor. This is a sobering one. He that, whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. Our attitude toward the poor affects us receiving our requests from the Lord. I had to think of the words there in James where it also says that if we, if we uh, see a need of a brother and, and just speak words but don't, you know, give him what he needs, how dwelleth the love of God in us? So it's very serious. And in closing here, just a few more promises on crying out. David said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried. That means to shout, oh God. Help, Lord. I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came up, came before him, even into his ears. God's ears are open unto our cries. That's a promise. Galatians 4.17, here's a New Testament one for us. For it is written, Rejoice thou that bearest not. Break forth and cry. That word break forth means give vent to joyful emotions. Break forth, break forth and cry 
Thou that travaileth not, for the desolate hath many more children than she with an husband. So you have this woman that is uh, without children, and that's a trial for women. And yet he says here that those that break forth give vent to joyful emotions and cry. This is New Testament. Now I know he's referring to an Old Testament reference here, but it's given in Galatians 4. And then he says, those that cry out have much more than women with a husband. Romans 8.15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we crawl aloud, cry, Abba, Father. And lastly, Psalms 50, verse 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Brothers and sisters, I believe we are at a place where we need to do this as individuals. First of all, and possibly as a congregation. I believe we are at a place where we need to do that as individuals and as a body. May God help us. Amen. All right, I'll leave it with that. God bless everyone.